trust you more, Jesus. Help me to trust you more, Jesus. Lord, help me to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Father Lord, we thank you for this day. We ask that you give us the grace to trust you more in the name of Jesus. As we go into your word this morning, you will speak to us from the throne in the name of Jesus. And we will all be blessed in the name of Jesus. All our needs will be met in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. May be seated. Good morning, church. How was the week? Well, it's two weeks to Christmas. I thought someone would be excited. Ah, two weeks to Christmas. And I just looked at what God has done between last Christmas and this time. Especially for, for me, for my family. At least the most obvious of them is that Omar was not here last Christmas. Uh, at least if there's nothing else God had done. Another very, very obvious one is that all of us were not gathered like this last Christmas. At least God has birthed this church in the course of this year. And the things that we, 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 are, we are achieving, the things that we are doing, is even scary. At times when I look at our finances, our financials, I'm like, how many, which, how many of us are, are in this church? Steph, we've bought how many cars in this church, in this small church? It is, it is, okay, I've said I won't be calling our church small. <laughs> Do you understand? How many of us in this our cathedral, in our big church, we've bought how many cars? There are churches that have been existing for, we've given back to how many children in the course of just this year. And God keeps being faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, um, and thankfully Christmas is a Sunday. So, um, like we said last Sunday, the Lord put in my heart that we should, um, uh, instead of doing a love feast, I wanted us to do a love, my wife and I were discussing we should do a love feast. But just that morning, that's so last week Sunday morning, as I, as I was dressing up, the Lord put in my heart that we shouldn't do the love feast just among ourselves. There's nothing bad, we can bring food and share and eat. But we should get about 30 packs or 50 packs of food. And go around, especially to those ghettos, to those, um, you know, those communities that are those bachelors around, and just give to some people. Some people may not have anything to eat on that Christmas morning. So please, um, if you're going to join us, join our family in doing that, just see me. Let's put some money together. Just have a very lovely, delicious meal and a bottle of drink. Just to say Merry Christmas to someone. And as you do that, the joy of the Lord will not depart from your home in the name of Jesus. So please, uh, uh, we're preparing for that. And also, uh, I think by next week, we should be able to uh, get the final uh, uh, place we are using for our crossover service. Because we're looking at it, this place may be too much inside to, to do that kind of a service. We don't know uh, how strong the security. We know, I know we have security around, but we don't know how strong it is. So I feel it's better if we are 
on the, on the, just beside the road. So this week, by the grace of God, uh, Elder Michael will have gotten us uh, the exact place we'll be using. We are hoping we'll be able to use that same place we used for our couples uh, uh, hangouts. And couples hangouts will happen again in Q1 2023. And uh, what the Lord has put in my heart to discuss is parenting in the 21st century. I was when we saw yesterday, uh, kind of our estates party, and I was I was just pitying a child that is raised in a good home. How are they going to fit in socially? Because it was now normal to be able to sing some dirty songs. And if you tell your children in the house, we don't sing these songs in our house. How will it affect the self-esteem of that child? Because I could, uh, my own daughter was too even small to be with them. They had their own bouncing castle and things. But me, I've already started thinking by this the time these people, these children are seven years old, six years old, ten years old, teenagers, and you say you can't dance to this song. You can't dance to this, can't do this kind of dance. You can't sing this kind of song. Or even JB, we are still scared. Our, some of us, we are still worried. Don't let me say scared. We are still worried about uh, social media, blah, blah, blah. By the time these ones are getting older, artificial intelligence will have, will have only God knows what will be happening there. So we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared. One of my mentors, Pastor Bisi Adewale, by the grace of God, he, he, will, he will be with us one of these days, anytime he's in Abuja. He's a marriage and children um, coach, I mean parenting coach, marriage coach especially. I, saw, I read something on, on one of his platforms this morning. He says, just the title, he says, it is not the devil, it is lack of knowledge. So there are times that we suffer some things is not from the hand of the devil. It's because we don't have knowledge. So we need to come as parents, as intended parents, as just invite your friends. Q1, I'll let you know the exact date, arrange it. But it's going to be about parents. And the Lord will give us joy on our children in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so let's go to today's um, uh, word. Please turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. Just read those two verses. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 19. You know, we are preparing for Christmas, preparing for the, for, and everybody is in the mood. I'm going to be reading the New American Standard Version. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with the child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. 
I'm going to be talking this morning about what I call Can God trust you with trouble? Ask your neighbor, say, Can God trust you with trouble? Come on now, you are scared. <laughs> when, when, when I sent out the, the flyer yesterday, I got a lot of comments in my DM. Ah, this topic is hard though. Ah, these are, I mean, a lot of comments. So I understand the feeling. But still ask your neighbor, can God trust you with trouble? The fact, number one, that I would like to say is that if God cannot trust you with trouble, He cannot trust you with life. If God cannot trust you with trouble, God cannot trust you with life. Why? Because life is full of troubles itself. <laughs> the Bible says, if you, are, if you want to worry, you want to worry again, the trouble in one day is enough for that sin. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, Mary, at this point in her life, is at, she's at, she's at the point where I would say every lady gets to and they are excited about. You've seen several videos, I mean, on social media uh, about women throwing flowers and they're excited to catch flowers. Throwing uh, the bouquet, sorry, no, we are also. <laughs> so the friends of the bridesmaids are excited to catch the bouquet. And, and people are talking about men throwing bouquet. What was the usual reaction when the men throw bouquet? You've seen any of them? Yeah. <laughs> it was, there, was a, there was one that the guy, the groom, was even chasing the, his friend. <laughs> but every woman, every female, every girl is excited at proposal. Oh, he just proposed and she's just showing everyone the ring. Oh, they've started planning the wedding. The Bible says Mary was already betrothed. In fact, if you understand the word betrothed in, in, in the Jewish culture, it's as strong as marriage itself. That for Joseph to say he's not doing again, he was going to give her a letter of divorce. For you to understand how strong betrothal is in the in the in the Jewish culture. So she was as good as married. She's excited, looking forward to when this thing is going to be. So she, she's at this wedding planning stage. Whereby another stage is when the prove me wrong, amen. That is when they start what is corner in English. That's when they start cornering. Don't worry. Go and interpret it. To everybody, am I right? It is that's why they go to market. Okay, thank you. She, she, she went to school mother. <laughs> it is when they go to market, they will complain. They didn't go to market, they will complain. You follow them to market. What? Do you understand? Why? Because of the excitement. Some of them, they bought their wedding, uh, the wedding uh, uh, dress. 
At times, they will be going to check the wedding, the, the wedding, uh, this thing. Is it there? Are we good? Okay. Hallelujah. So, at times, they want to start checking the wedding uh, dress. Is the wedding dress still there? Is anybody going to start getting too excited? And it was in the middle of this excitement that Mary gets this news. In the middle of wedding plan, as, as awesome, as beautiful as the wedding plan is, it is in the middle of it that someone came to tell, you, you, I, I, need to, I need us to understand and conceptualize what Mary could have been going through at this point in her life. It was at this point she gets this news. And the news, some of us, we just hear the news and we, 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 don't, we don't really think deep about it. The angel came to tell her, you are favored. Hail Mary, full of grace. You are most favored among all women. This is supposed to be good news. Am I not? Is it not, is it not correct? If angel comes, not a man came to tell you you are favored. But angel came to tell you you are favored. In the midst of your wedding plan, you will be thinking that ah, well, maybe uh, we blow that contract that my fiancé has been looking forward to. We will finally get it. Or you understand? However, this kind of favor is in quote bad news. You have been with a child. In fact, according to the Jewish culture, she's supposed to be stoned to death. According to the law of Moses. So how will you call that favor? Hail Mary, you are favored. And the next things, the next set of events that don't know, follow that favor in quote is bashing upon bashing. But God, at times, allows some things you can't explain to disrupt your plans in ways that could be annoying. God, at times, allows things we cannot explain to disrupt our plans in several ways we cannot explain. That is so, that could be very annoying. news, just imagine after this news of favor how will Mary's friends be looking at that let's bring it to 21st century how will the church <laughs> and she's in the choir you know there are some things you can hide but there are some this one thank God thank God for our brothers and our grandmas some of these our mothers can smell one hour pregnancy. <laughs> Do you understand? How will the angel just give her this news? How will she feel? This is a kind of favor that when the angel leaves, everybody's going to be looking at her like, ah, there were. I mean, what kind of explanation? There were. Even a husband, a fiancé, like, 
because he being an honorable man, just want to get babe, just just go. This thing cannot work. She's favored, yet she's going to be riding on the back of a donkey under the sun to go and give birth in a barn. Thank God for the graphics and the our graphics designers and co these days that they, they make the manger look so posh. They put lights and uh, do you understand what a manger is? The place that you keep your animals. That is the manger. The place that uh, a typical cow. Malu, the place that you keep them, how dirty. And you said I'm favored. I'm gonna after this announcement, I'm gonna go and write and, and get to I thought that the favor of God when they when they go to Galilee to be counted, uh, to, 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 to Bethlehem to be counted. I thought the favor of God, maybe the angel has said they are favored. I thought the favor of God will allow them to have a room in the in the guest house that they are looking. Do you understand? Maybe you do you understand? She's favored, but favor didn't open that door. Favor made us go and give back where they keep animals. Troubles. How is this? Tell me, how is that favor? But we as human beings, we have a tendency to process things in a linear way. Good, bad, linear. It's either I get it, I don't get it. Our mind is processed, is programmed to process things in a linear way. That is how we that is why we interpret some things as not being favorable. Because we've been programmed to think in a straight line. I was discussing with a, a, a group of, 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 of friends, uh, and we're just talking about God answering prayers and what is good versus what is bad. You know, in, 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 in the human brain process good versus bad. This thing is good, this one is bad. So, and I asked a friend that. God answered the prayers of Ezekiah to extend his life. Was it a good thing or a bad thing? Let me hear your comments. The fact God Ezekiah turned his face to God and said, God, please spare my life. Remember all my offerings, what I've done, A, B, C, D, E, F, Y. And God added 15 years to his life. Was that a good thing that God answered his prayers was it a good thing? If God had killed him without answering his prayers, would it have been a would it would it have been a good thing? Yes or no? Let's let's. So God answered his prayer was more just permissible. Okay. I think the fifteen that was added was full of problems for his So for me. <laughs> so you can see that life is, is, is a paradox. Because if anybody you are even looking at the 15 years, because of time, let, let me just let me just paraphrase. I'm not even looking at the 15 years. I'm looking at 
almost 200 years after. The effect of those 15 years of answered prayers, if you know what it cost Israel as a nation, it was in those 15 years, three years after God answered that prayers, that good thing was when he gave back to Manasseh. If, if he had died when God asked him to die, then, then Manasseh would never have been born. Manasseh was the worst king in the history of Judah. In fact, it grieved the hearts of God so, so much that God said that, see, the kind of suffering the people of Judah will suffer here, the ears will hear and tingle. Manasseh, Isaiah prophesied during the days of Manasseh. You know what Manasseh did? Manasseh put Isaiah in the trunk of a tree. Trunk of a tree. And told them to saw the tree and him inside together. And Ezekiah died. <laughs> after almost about 100 and something years, after Ezekiah had died, the prophecy of the things that God said he was going to do to, to Judah, now came. Babylon came and, and conquered Jerusalem. The king at that time, the great, great grandson, great, great, great grandson of, of Ezekiah, they took him. They took the king. They killed all his 70 sons in front of him like this and blocked out his eyes. Now, if God had not answered the prayers of Ezekiah 200 years ago, we say that God is lost. So the kind of troubles you are facing now, it is not for today. Can God trust that you will not break? Can God trust that even though this thing doesn't make sense to this man or to this woman, it still trusts me? Most of the times, immature people, God, I've prayed, you didn't answer. I've done this, this didn't happen. But God is looking at it that you are so myopic. You're only looking at, you're looking at 15 years time, five years time, 10 years time. God is looking at 200 years time. So the reality of life is that life is full of paradox. There are no, life is not always about black versus white. Fact, black, uh, life is not always about, uh, this thing is right, that one is wrong. This place is good, that place is bad. Now let's take seven lessons from Mary. I hope we'll be able to finish this sermon today. Let's see, maybe after we we'll take these seven lessons, we'll take the rest uh, next week. Seven lessons from Mary. Lesson number one. Mary teaches us how to be consistent when life is complicated. A number of us, when life is showing, when life is proving to be life to us, when life is showing us, we are no longer consistent. Mary was consistent. Despite the fact that life was showing her shaking. In fact, life even showed the son that he carried. Uh, John chapter 9. Was it chapter 9 or chapter 11? 
No, John chapter 9. When they were, when the Pharisees and Jesus were having a very heated argument, they reminded him, you walk. We know your father. The, 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 the question, I mean, the, what they are trying to say that we have a prayer, you know that your mother carried your pregnancy. You they still reminded him. They, when he was saying that, he was telling the Pharisees that you have the, you have the devil, your father. Uh, we, the devil. Save you, God. They still reminded the son. Let him assume that the mother, let's assume that the mother committed fornication to, to, to get pregnant. Is it the son that said he commits fornication? So, despite the, life, the fact that life was complicated, Mary remained consistent. How consistent are you in the face of the complications of life? How consistent are you that I know that God is faithful? I trust God that He is faithful. Praise the Lord. Lesson number two. Mary teaches us how to be steadfast and abounding in the purpose of God. She teaches us how to be steadfast and abounding in the purpose of God while you are confused and pondering in your heart. When you are pondering your heart, what, what, the, what, the, what, the, what the heck is going on? As in, you don't even have an answer. While you are doing that in your heart, she's still steadfast and abounding in God's purpose. How steadfast are you in the face of confusion? Even when you, in your heart, you, not, you know it's a different thing that maybe we'll get to that lesson. It's a different thing that you know that ah, I'm confident that God is there and you are happy, and then that makes you consistent. What about the times you don't even you don't even have the answers to the question? You don't even know what is going on in my life. What's, what's all this? Praise the Lord. Lesson number three. She teaches us that you can have favor, but that doesn't mean you won't have fear. You can be favored. That doesn't mean you cannot be fearful. Let's stop all this. Um, I'm looking for the right word to use now. Uh, acting as if we don't have feelings. If you remember, we're talking when we were discussing Malachi at the Bible study, <laughs> and I was talking about uh, divorce. As, as, as pastors, we have to be careful in handling the issue of divorce because it's, it's more or less similar to the issue of funeral or death. A, a, a mature pastor will not go to uh, 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 a house or the place where they just lost a loved one and starts giving some saying some things, insensitive things. In fact, 
we've been trained, and several have been in choir all my life, and I've trained several choir uh, choristers. That when you're going to lead praise and worship, be careful of the of the things in quotes, these kind of testimonies you share. In a large congregation, you say, ah, what let you better come and thank God, you didn't lose your child, you didn't lose your and someone just lost their child and they just summoned courage to come to church. They just they just thought that no matter the, what we are going through, God is still faithful. Let's just go. As a mature minister, you say, despite all we've been going through, let's thank God for his faithfulness. But when you just say, ah, you didn't lose your hand, and someone that just lost his hand, someone that was born decapitated, is in church. And you say, ah, you can, you, 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 you some people have one leg. And you say, people that have one leg, you just have one, but you don't lose one. <laughs> so, mature ministers, worship leaders, have to be careful. And, and, and you don't praise God because of things like that. You don't praise God because you are not hospitalized. That's his, yes, you praise God, but that's not the reason. You praise God because he's God. Because we love you, God, that we, we came to express our love. Even when things are not making sense. So, don't let's be doing the emotional blackmail of, you are scared? Scared. Ah, I'm disappointed in you. How will you be scared? You can be fearful and still be fearful. Ah. There's a Yoruba idea that says, a child didn't get to a place of fear. Well, it's English, English has what I did that. There are things that will happen to you in life. Then you know that, ah. But that doesn't mean you were not favored. Lesson number four. You can have a visitation from an angel and still ride a donkey. <laughs> angel, the Bible says angels are strong in might. Angels travel faster than the speed of light. Uh, okay, let me go a little bit scientific. I, 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 as much as I, I, I do theology, I also do very significant scientific research. So, there is a scientific proof of the glory of God. And I'll try and break it down so that I don't go all astronomical and things like that, or astrophysical. There is a scientific proof of the glory of God, but it's not visible to the human eyes. Is a level of light. Our eyes can only see a spectrum of wavelengths of light. For instance, let's go to the lower level of light, the UV, uh, ultraviolet light, the the infrared. You know, I mean, UV is the sun. The infrared, infrared light. Infrared is the is the is the same technology in our remote. 
Do you understand? You, when you press remotes, if you look at the top, some, for some of the remotes, I don't think all of them are there, but you will see one red light. But you cannot see it. If you, if you press it like you can't see that light traveling. Do you understand? But there are special goggles that if you wear, you'll be able to see infrared. Our, our bodies emit heat, emit radiation light. We emit light as we are. But you cannot see it with your naked eyes. Military men wear night goggles when they are going for night operation. It allows them to see. So the light that is not visible to naked eyes, they can see with special goggles. In fact, there are some that will even make you see the, the, the image of a man in a house. If there are if science can develop goggles that can make up human beings to see a, a spectrum of light that is not normally visible to the human eyes. I believe that someday science will develop glory goggles that you can put on a Google and see the glory of God and see some spectrum of light. So that's why angels travel at the speed of light. Uh, I think it was Daniel Deboye that said, the power of one angel is mighty, is strong enough to carry one aircraft with one hand and will not even feel that it's carrying anything. That same angel visited me and they give her private days. <laughs> and she's still riding on the donkey. Ask anyone, can God trust you in trouble? Hi. Lesson number five. We can't finish this today. We'll finish next week. Lesson number five. The Holy Ghost can come upon you. And yet, you will still have nowhere to stay. The Holy Ghost can come upon you. And yet, you will still have nowhere to stay. I thought after the angel has told her that the Holy Spirit shall overshadow you. And she can see physically that yes, the Holy Spirit has overshadowed me. When they go to that hill, in that hotel, doors should just open. See, these kind of sermons are not, are not popular because we have been modeled to think that it will always work. What do you do when it doesn't work? Can you still say, God? See, look at what, what, was, the, what, was, the, what was the offense of Job? His offense, in quotes, was that he was good. <laughs> he was not right. What do you do? And, and God could trust him. People buy only four. Can God trust you? No, no, have you seen my son? <laughs> like, I was watching it. <laughs> I was watching a, a, a clip, a, a comedy today, uh, this morning. And someone was saying that, was praying, you know, this Christian comedies, was praying, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you, Lord, as Jehovah Jireh. I want to know you as Moses knew you. I want to know you as Jehovah God now said, wow, lovely. You want to know me as Moses knew me? Angel, 
Let him know me as Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, God that will provide him. Okay, so you mean that uh, he wants to know you as a yes? Let him know you. Let him take away his job. Problem. Ah, God, why did you take away my job? Ah, why did you do this? Ah, you, you were supposed to know me as the one that can provide for you even without a job. <laughs> so, the things that happen to us, what especially when we have visitations, real visitations of angels. She had a visitation. The Holy Spirit came upon her. Yet, she had nowhere to stay. <coughs> number six. Lesson number six. That which is inside you can be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And those things around you are angry. You can have what is inside you conceived by the Holy Spirit, and everything around you is angry and ready to give up and crazy. Your job, if you choose to accept it, is to survive it. God is able, I think we said in one of the sermons a couple of weeks ago, God is able to bring you through a difficult situation without removing the situation. She was, she conceived, she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Everything around her was angry at her. God didn't kill them. All those prayers you read. I will go out there for you. Do you understand? One of my mentors said, If you let him just come back, my brother. Do you understand? So, God may not take them away. But if you that Lord have accepted this, this, this job. Your job is to survive through that hatred. Your job is to survive, not to give up. So the fact that everything around you is angry at you doesn't mean that the thing that God spoke is still not going, is still not happening. Unless in seven, last but not the least, the fact that you have frustrations does not mean you don't have faith. Don't get discouraged. The fact that you're frustrated, oh, you tried this place, it didn't work. You try another one, it didn't work. And you're humanly frustrated. That doesn't mean you don't have faith. God is looking for someone he can trust with trouble. Because if he cannot trust you with trouble, he cannot trust you with life. And next week we're going to look at what, why did God choose me? What are the qualities that God is looking for? And how did she, what was the end result of all these things? As we celebrate and prepare for, for, for Christmas, I want us to look at what was going on in the mind of the woman that carried that baby. And if God could do that to the mother, literal mother of God, your own is not too bad. You are not the worst in the world. 
Someone needs to know that God still loves me. These things that are happening in your life is not because of the devil. It's because God loves you. I want us to be on our feet and just tell God, Lord, I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. Despite what is going on around me, despite the things I'm facing, I choose to trust you. Come on, begin to pray. Begin to pray. In the name of Jesus, my God, I choose to trust you. Despite all.